turn with me to the small book of Ruth, Joshua Judges Ruth in the Old Testament. If you would stand out of respect for the Word of God this morning, Joshua Judges, the small book of Ruth, and uh, just four chapters, very powerful little book in the Old Testament. And uh, the message this morning is entitled, Right Place, Right Time. Right Place, Right Time. And if you have your, your Bible this morning, of course, you can follow along with the outline that you received in your bulletin this morning. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1 of chapter 2, and we'll read down to verse number 17. And the Bible says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess, uh, she said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. She went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servants that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you. Let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me? seeing I am a stranger. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest not hitherto, heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her 
parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for your goodness, as we heard in the song, for all you've done. Lord, it's not about what we can do. Certainly, we studied the life of Ruth this morning, and we see how that, yes, she did do her part. God, her part was so minuscule compared to what you did for her. Lord, we know that you have something great in store for your children. Lord, may we gladly accept it and anticipate what you're going to do for us, not only in this hour, but in the days ahead in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. You studied a small book and... Even in our text this morning, we come to the understanding that Ruth, as the book is given her name, that Ruth was a widow from the country of Moab. In the mind of the average Israelite, this woman, Ruth, was less than nothing. She was one that, in their eyes, was despised and one that was rejected. She came into this place in her life as a pagan. She was one that, like all of us that have been born of woman, she was a sinner by nature. And she came looking that day for a little grace. That grace was in the form of sustenance, food for her life. She came seeking something. And as she came seeking, she enters in to this situation where she goes into the fields those fields belonged to someone that to her were total strangers. She did not know who they were. She had to fall in line behind the servants of the man that owned the fields. Those individuals were working for him, reaping in the fields. And she came behind them trying to get just a little grain for herself and for her mother-in-law, just a little here and a little there to sustain them. As she came... She was looking for something that many of us maybe came looking for today. She came looking for grace. And when she came looking for grace, she found exactly what she came to look for. It was evident how God was working ahead of her. Even though Ruth didn't know at the time, God was directing her to this, to this place where she would come face to face with a man whose name was Boaz. She went into this field, his field. She entered what I would call the field of grace. She goes into the field and begins to glean of his field. Boaz, clearly when you study the word of God, I believe that there are some wonderful, beautiful pictures in the Bible. And oftentimes we would call those types or typology. Now, not everything you can take and, and attribute that that. Uh, means this or that means that. But I think if you study this small book enough and study the history, 
of the man by the name of Boaz, I think you got a pretty good, clear picture that Boaz represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And the actions of this individual, this man named Boaz, shows us exactly how the Lord acts towards those who are in need of grace. And we're going to look at that this morning through the life of Ruth and also this man by the name of Boaz. You see, I've, as I studied this week and God led me to this passage, I couldn't help but think that she found herself in the right place at the right time. The right place at the right time. And I want you to see this place this morning that she found herself at the right time. Notice, first of all, that it was the right place at the right time because it was the place of consideration. The place of consideration. Look at verse number four. The Bible says in verse four, Behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Now consider, first of all, his presence in the field. Now, the Bible tells us, as we study the word of God, that, that he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Bible also says that Jesus said before he went back to be with the Father, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, amen. You see, I find here that his presence is something that is personal. How that Boaz said that I'll be with you, just like the Lord said that. How that he was with them in the field. He says to them that I want God to bless you. And we find that his presence is personal, but it's also pleasant. Isn't it kind of nice to see in the Word of God something that you don't see at your job probably on a daily or weekly basis where the, the, the employer and the employees actually speak kindly to one another, where they actually get along. You can see that as Boaz comes to his field, that there is a greeting from Boaz to his reapers and then there is a salutation back to him that they are glad to see him. The Bible says in Psalm 16, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Isn't it awesome to know that we can come into the presence of Almighty God? And that when we come into his presence that there is joy, that at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And I find here that this place of consideration was something to be considered because of his presence in the field. But not only that, but you can consider his perception concerning his field. See, Boaz, like any uh, good employer and any good owner, he was concerned about his field. He knew what was going on in his field. And we see this in this passage this morning, just like in the Word of God when it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ and about God himself, how the, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. Uh, Matthew 10, 29, listen to what the Bible says as we see his perception about us. The Bible says, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. God is concerned about what is happening in his field. And folks, understand, Boaz had a field. We understand that God's field is the world. That God is concerned about what's going on in his field in the world today. The Lord, like Boaz, doesn't miss anything that's happening in the field. 
He knows what's happening, especially in the lives of individuals. Notice his perception is something that is personal. And listen, this woman, Ruth, according to the passage we find in verse 5, it says, Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, notice, whose damsel is this? I mean, this was personal. Boaz takes notice of her. She caught his eye. It was a personal thing that she was there. Jeremiah said, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. His perception was personal, but notice his perception was also powerful. I mean, listen, Boaz knew everything about uh, about Ruth. He knew about her background. He knew about her activities. He knew about her motives, what she was up to. Jesus knows all about us, folks. Listen, he knows everything about you this morning. He knows what you're going through. And can I tell you, even though he knows all about us, he still loves us. Isn't that wonderful to know that Jesus knows all about our troubles? He knows who we are. He knows our backgrounds. He knows our activities. He knows our motives. But listen, his presence and his perception are powerful. Job said, for his eyes are upon the ways of men, and he seeth all his goings. There's no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Folks, listen, Ruth found herself in the right place at the right time because it was a place of consideration. But notice, secondly, it was also the place of counsel. See, there were some things that as Boaz took notice of Ruth, there were some things that Boaz decided that he was going to have Ruth do. Now, these things, because he's the owner, can be construed as commands. But I want you to understand the heart of the one that is issuing those commands this morning. Because these commands that he gave to Ruth were designed not to put her down, not to make her feel bad. They were actually meant to encourage her in the work of gleaning. And I think as we look at these this morning, all of us would do well in our lives to heed these very same commands that he gave to Ruth in our own lives. Notice, first of all, the counsel that he gives her concerning her steadfastness. Her steadfastness. Look what the Bible says again in verse number 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from hence... But abide here fast by my maidens. Let not thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? Now you can see here from the, the wording from God's word this morning, the commands that he gives. First of all, he counsels her about her steadfastness. He is commanding her, listen, to glean in his field only. Don't go to another field. I want you to stay right here. She didn't know it, but what Boaz was attempting to do, what he wanted to do, what his heart was, is he wanted to take care of her. This morning in your lives, I'm going to tell you, God would have us to stay 
in his field only. Because God loves you and God wants to take care of you. He, he instructs her to glean in his field only. And she was to abide there. Why? Because he wanted Ruth to enjoy the best of what he had to offer. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. That as long as we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, as long as we stay where God has planted us, God has promised to bless our lives. God has so many things to show us because he cares for us, but many of us will miss out on the blessings of God because we never settle down with the Lord. I've been in some parts of the country where just about every corner there's another church. And you've heard the term before, church hopping. Folks, listen, I see people and they're here and the preacher says something and they're like, we're out of here. And they'll go to the next church and they'll be there for a while and something will happen and somebody will offend them and they're out of there. And they go to another church. I'm glad we're not in an area like that where there's a church on every corner. Folks, what you and I need to do is realize this is where God put us and we need to plant ourselves and enjoy the benefits that God has for us. God cares about us and God wants to bless us. He cared about Ruth. Folks, we cannot glean here and there and everywhere and expect God to bless our lives. Paul writes to those in Corinth and he says, My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, this was the place of counsel, but he counseled her concerning her steadfastness. I don't want you to go to another field because I have plenty for you. I want the best of what I have to be offered to you. He not only counseled her concerning her steadfastness, but he counseled her concerning her safety. Remember what he commanded the men in his field? He says, I don't want you to bother her. I don't want you to touch her. I want you to stay away from her, leave her alone. He wanted to make sure that these men would not take advantage of her. Now, I can honestly say this morning, as a father of only girls, that I grow weary sometimes when my daughters go out into this community, and some of you women have probably experienced this also, where because you are a young lady or you are a woman, that places of business take advantage of you. My daughter went the other day to, just to have her oil changed on her car. She came back, we were talking, and she told my wife and I that when she got there, the, the mechanic said she needed to have this and she needed to have that. And I said, what did you say to him? And she says, I, I let him do it. Because he told me that uh, I needed to have it done. My wife looked at her and she said, that's how they make money. Is they tell you, you need this and you need that. Folks, listen, we're living in a day where people take advantage of others. Uh, God moved me to South Florida, and I'm going to tell you something. If you're a member of this church, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, 
God has given you a pastor that is watching out for you, that is concerned about you, that doesn't want somebody to take advantage of you. I grow weary of people moving to this area just because they want to take advantage of the elderly people in our area. Folks, listen, we need to watch out for one another. But listen, Boaz, he loved Ruth. He, was, he cared about her and he was concerned. And he says, I don't want anyone to take advantage of her. And he was reassuring her that you do not have to worry about one thing, Ruth. I'll take care of all the details. I've got, it. I've got your back. You can fully trust me to take care of you. See, I find that he, he counsels her concerning her safety. Folks, this morning, I'm going to tell you, I have learned in my life that I can 100% wholeheartedly trust the Lord with my life, with everything about my life, that God is concerned more about my welfare than I am. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 12:5: For the oppressor of the poor... For the sighing of the needy will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. He counsels her concerning her steadfastness. Ruth, don't go anywhere else. Just stay with me. Then he counsels her concerning her safety. Hey, listen, I'm watching out for you. I'm going to make sure that nobody bothers you. I'm going to make sure that you're well taken care of. But then notice thirdly, he counsels her concerning her supply. Now, that's why she came. She was looking for grace. I don't know what you're looking for in your life today, but the Bible says in verse number nine again that he charged the young men that they shall not touch thee. And when thou art athirst, he says, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. See, Boaz makes sure that she has everything that she needs to be satisfied. You will never be satisfied with the things of this world. You can have all this world has to offer and still not be satisfied and content in your heart. I was reading the other day, one of my friends posted something and they said that they are selling their house, and they're buying a motorhome, and they're going to live in a motorhome. It caught my attention. I thought, <clears throat> this is interesting. Because they have, if I remember right, I believe they have four little children. I'm thinking, I don't have a house big enough to get away from my kids. And here they're going to move into a motorhome confined space. And as I read on, it says we are in the process of selling all of our things. They said we realize that those things really don't matter at all in life. And they're going to live in this motorhome. They said we're, we're going to concentrate on our family, on our children. Folks, I'm not advocating. I'm not saying you have to sell your house, move into a motorhome. But listen, we need to understand this morning, if you haven't figured it out by now, that God can supply your every need, whatever you need in your life. Boaz was trying to help Ruth understand that he could, he could help her, he could satisfy whatever needs. She wouldn't have to work to get any of it. 
The Lord has done the same thing in our lives. Listen, when I got saved, I came to the realization that Christ is all I need. Jesus meets every need in my life. Look in the, in the Word of God. He is rest for the weary. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. He is refreshment for the thirsty. Jesus said in the last day, the great day of the feast, he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus in our supply is food for the hungry. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He is healing to the injured. Psalm 23, 5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He's the hope for the discouraged this morning. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I see that he is shelter for the frightened. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Truly, the psalmist had it right in the very first verse of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Boaz says, Ruth, you're not going to have to do anything. Folks, if you realize we haven't done anything, he's done it all. He has done everything and he is everything. And if you haven't understood it yet, he is all you need this morning. You see, it was the right place at the right time because it was a place of consideration. It was a place of counsel. But notice thirdly, it was the right place at the right time because it was the place of comfort. I see this in her amazement. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, then after he tells her all this, after he counsels her, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes? You ever ask yourself that question with God? God, why are you so good to me? Why have I found grace in thine eyes? When I think about how Ruth humbles herself by the grace that has been extended to her, all that the Lord has done for us, it is so overwhelming. My mind began to think about all the Lord Jesus has done for us, and I think it's summed up by what Isaiah wrote many, many years ago. He said of Jesus, Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so opened he not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. 
And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people was he stricken, the Bible says. For all he's done, God's grace still amazes me. All that he has done for us, I see her amazement. It comforted her to think about all that he had done, how she was so undeserving, but yet his grace was extended towards her. Notice she was also comforted by his announcement. Look at verse number 11, Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest, knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. See, Boaz tells Ruth, he says, listen, He says, I know about all you've done. I know about your deeds. I know about how you've had faith in God. And he prays that that she would receive a full reward for what she has done, for the service that she had rendered to Naomi. And, And listen, a lot of times I think in our lives as Christians, we do certain things. Maybe we would do something similar to what Ruth did for Naomi. And people think to ourselves, why would you do that? Why would you help that woman? Why would you go out of your way to do that for someone? Why would you give that so that somebody could could have? Why would you support missions? And why would you give to the Lord? Listen, a lot of times people will question our motives and they will begin to think about our actions. But can I tell you this morning, the only thing that matters is that the Lord knows your heart, why you're doing what you're doing. Look what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 8. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. And forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. See, look, as Boaz, a man, he could understand from what he had heard All that Ruth had done for Naomi. But there were things that even Boaz didn't understand about what was in the heart of Ruth. But there's a God in heaven today that knows our hearts. He knows everything about us. And I see that she was comforted by uh, by what he did for her and how it was This grace was amazing to her and how she was comforted by his announcement. But notice how she listens to, uh, he listens to her appeal. Look at verse number 13. The Bible says, Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. She's still looking at this time, even though he's, extended grace towards her, even though he told her, I'll take care of you, she's still appealing to him. She doesn't realize that she has walked right into the middle of a field full of grace. And she says this, she says, I want to please him because he's been so good to me. Folks, you ever thought in your life about how maybe there's something you can do for the Lord who's done so much for you? I mean, I I think in my lives, Lord, what can I do for you today 
because you've been so good to me. And that's what uh, Ruth was thinking was, this man, Boaz, he has shown me grace. And the, the goal of our lives should be that we, we should do that which pleases our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus was all about. And he was God. Look at the Bible says, as we look in John chapter 8, he says, the Father hath not, uh, hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. When I was a kid growing up, I was the youngest and the only boy. I was a little spoiled. But I can tell you this, the best days of my life growing up were the days that my parents were pleased with me. I didn't have to think long and hard about what pleased them and what displeased them. And if you've been saved for any length of time and you've been in God's word enough, then clearly you by now know what pleases God and what displeases God. Jesus said, I only do those things which please him. I want to please the Lord today. I, I, I'm like Ruth. God's done so much for me. I, I'm not going to sit around and think about all that I went through and and, and the loss of a husband, and the loss of this, and the loss of that, and being in a strange land. Folks, look, we're all strangers in this world. We're just passing through, right? Our home is heaven, right? And folks, I'm glad that, that heaven's not going to be RVs, motorhomes. The Bible uses the word mansion. Now, it's not like the mansions that you see on the lifestyles of the rich and famous, all right? God's got something far better than that. God has been so good to us that we ought to have the spirit of Ruth. I want to please him. He's been so good to me. So notice, fourthly, she was comforted by his acceptance. I want you to see this this morning. Because, look, I think one thing in life is that we all want to be and feel accepted. I can see it when people even come to church. People are looking for a place where they can be a part of something. They can be accepted. Aren't you glad that the Lord accepted you the way you were? God doesn't tell us, hey, look, go clean up your act. When you get all your ducks in a row, then I will accept you then. Now, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When God got me, he didn't get much. That's the reality of all of us. But I love the fact that she, she's there appealing to him. He listens to her. And how does he respond to her appeal? Notice in verse 14. Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip the, thy morsel in the vinegar, and she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. That verse right there, just, I'm going to tell you something. I began to think about that verse. 
Boaz is proving without a shadow of a doubt. Now listen, he's proving that she has found favor with him. Now in that culture, it might, might be different in our culture in these days, but I want you to see three things that just stuck out to me. Notice, first of all, he sat with her. He actually sat down with her. He invited her to join him at his table. He sat close enough that the wording here is a little different than what we would say in our day, but it's, look at it again. She sat down beside the, re, the reapers and he reached her parched corn. That means she sat close enough to him that, that he could pass her the corn. How many of you like corn? Corn on the cob? Yeah, sweet corn. Anybody getting hungry yet? Butter? Yeah, roasted? Listen, he, he sat down and said, look, want some? Hey, you sat around my table. We're going to enjoy this meal. And so he begins to invite her to sit down. He didn't care about her past. You know why? Because she had captured his attention. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There is something about the love of God that will allow us to sit down and, and spend time with him. Not only did he have, have her to sit down with him, but notice he also supped with her. He allowed her to dip her bread in the vinegar. That was, that was a sign that she was in favor. I'm going to tell you, people don't just dip their, their stuff in my food. I'm very careful, you know. I love you, but we're not going to go dipping together, you know. You, you eat at my house and we got dipped. You baptize your chip one time. We don't double dip at our house, you know. But here he asked her to sit down and to sup with him. I mean, this was an intimate meal. It spoke of close fellowship. He desired to be close to her, to get to know her, and to give her the best that he had. And it brought my mind to Revelation 3.20, and I love this verse. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, listen, and sup with him and he with me. He sat with her. He supped with her, and notice he sufficed her. That's the word the Bible used. What does that mean? That when Ruth left his table... She left that table satisfied. She was satisfied. I mean, he had taken care of her. He had met her needs. Listen, Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply not some of your need, all of your need, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And it is our duty, as it was Ruth that day, to receive what he gives to us and to enjoy it to its fullest. God has some wonderful things for us. And I'm going to tell you something. It thrills my heart to know, and it's all because of Jesus, that I'm in favor with God today. God has been so good to us, and she was comforted by his presence, how he sat with her, he supped with her, he sufficed her. It was the place of comfort. But I want you to notice as we close this morning, I see also that it was the right place at the right time because it was a place of continuance. Listen, how many of you enjoy a good meal? Come on now. How many of you enjoy a good meal? Is that good meal going to get you by for the rest of your life? 
How many of you remember something this morning that you had for breakfast that is fading way out in the past? Breakfast just isn't sufficing right now, is it? Hurry up, preacher, get done so we can go to lunch. Right? You see, when that meal was over with, that wasn't the end. It wasn't just about that one meal. I mean, it was a wonderful meal. I mean, she got to sit with Boaz. She got to sit with a man that had extended grace. She found favor in his sight. But see, she was in the right place at the right time because it was also a place of continuance. I I began to look at this, how that after she left the table, he continued He continued to work in her absence, and he was working behind her back, not in a bad way, but in a good way to take care of her. And notice his providence, how that he made some decisions, and those decisions that he made for her affected her life. Hey, how many of you are glad when God makes decisions for us, right? God made a decision for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Aren't you glad for that decision? I think about how Boaz was looking out. He was working for her good. And the the wonderful thing about it is she didn't even know it. And the Lord is always working behind the scenes in our lives. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph and how he was treated by his brothers and how he was cast into a pit and how he was taken and sold into slavery and how he was thrown into prison. And I remember how that in the end of Joseph's days, how his brothers who were so mean to him, how they came to him. And yet Joseph's attitude as God helped him understand his providence in Genesis 50, the Bible says, As for you, he says to them, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Providence, to see beforehand. Look, God knew what he was doing when he sent Ruth into that field. God knows what he's doing when he sends you somewhere, when God sends you to someone. And we see here that this continuance in her life, it was evidence because of his providence, but it was also evidence because of his provision, how that he told them, look, I want you, and it was, it was mandated in the word of God by God himself, that as they gleaned the fields, that they were supposed to leave the corners of the fields. Those corners of the fields were meant so that others who maybe were poor and needy, that they could come along and find something for themselves, maybe a little here, maybe a little there. But see, in this instance, it wasn't just those corners. Because Boaz tells his servants, he says, I want you to leave some handfuls of purpose behind. He says, I want to take care of this woman. He wanted Ruth to get as much in his field that she could get. He didn't want her to go to any other field. He didn't want her to go anywhere else. Why? Because God is good to his children. And folks, we need to understand that God wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we cannot receive it. You can't contain the blessings that God has. And I see that it was a place of continuance because of his providence and because of his provision. But notice, I also see her plenty, 
how that when she left that day, she left carrying an ephah that, that is equivalent to about a half a bushel of grain. She had more than enough for her and for Naomi for about, uh, about a week or so. And there are times in our lives as we give to the Lord that, listen, God gives us so much more than we give to him. We heard our missionary on Wednesday night say that his own son wanted some potato chips, and he just kept asking his dad, can I have some potato chips? And his, his, his dad said, there they are, son, have some. And his little boy asked him again and asked him again, and he finally he said, son, there's the bag of potato chips. Get some. And he goes, no, dad. He says, your hand's bigger than my hand. Folks, God's hand is far bigger than ours. God wants to provide for us plenty. See, Ruth had no worries. You know why? Because she found herself in the field of grace. She found herself in a place where every need was met by this man by the name of Boaz. If you're here this morning and you know the Lord is your Savior, I wonder today, are you gleaning in the right field? Are you where God wants you to be? Are you finding God's grace in your life? There's still plenty to go around in his field of grace. Listen, she was in the right place at the right time. It's no accident that you're here this morning. It's no accident that God led me to Ruth chapter number two. It's no accident that Ruth found her in the field of the kinsman redeemer by the name of Boaz. When I think about what Boaz did for her, it reminds me of what the Lord's done for us. How that Jesus Christ has given his life to redeem us from our sins. The word redeem means to buy back. You see, we were lost in sin, but God has come and given himself that we might have a home in heaven someday. I think about what the songwriter wrote, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He cares for me. He cares for me. He cares for me. He's so good to me. And then he wrote these words. I love him so. I love him so. I love him so. He's so good to me. Are you in the right place at the right time? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, my heart was stirred this week as I was studying this passage. It's been a while since I've been in this little book. I think, I think about that place that Ruth found herself, the consideration how the grace was extended towards her. She found herself in this place where she received some counsel that he was concerned about her. Whatever's going on in your life today, can I tell you God's concerned about you? I was thinking about the comfort that she received. And I found in my life the only place that I can be comforted is in the God of all comfort. And I found that even after she found the grace of God, that God's grace is new every day. His mercies are everlasting. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word of God, for the testimony of the life of Ruth. Lord, I thank you for all she did caring for Naomi. But God, how you rewarded her 
Lord, may we see in our lives that you, like Boaz, our heavenly Boaz, has done so many wonderful things for us. May we learn the lessons to stay in your field only, to receive the best of you have, Lord, that you will sit with us, fellowship with us, that we can sup with you, and that we can be satisfied in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand?